welcome to a special edition Barmy Army podcast. This, uh, today we're joined by Deb Dilworth from the FSA. As ever, joined by Nat. Thank you for joining us, both of you. Um, first of all, we're going to start off as as the Barmy Army. Nat and I and, and Shane, Mark, we, we've we've talked about the FSA and our involvement. But Deb, can you just give us to start us off a little bit of information about you, what you do, and what the FSA does as well, please? Yeah, hiya. So I am uh, Debs. I am the EFL and Women's Game Network Manager for the Football Supporters Association. Uh, the Football Supporters Association is the national uh, supporters body for England and Wales. Um, we are comprised of supporters groups, trusts, diversity groups and individual members. And we have about 300 groups um, as members. Uh, so the Barney Army is part of the Women's Network, which is a newly organized uh, network to talk about the women's game locally and nationally so it's really important for me i'm super passionate about the women's game and it was really important to try to start to organize and mobilize together to get a collective voice um, as well as recognizing some of the fantastic work that's being done locally um, for, for different supporters groups so an exciting time really yeah, definitely. Nat, do you want to jump in there? Yeah, so Deb, she talks about the Women's Network a bit. Um, what What is it, say, if you were just a brand new to, to women's football and you hear someone saying the Women's Network, what is it, who is in it, who is in it, uh, and what do we expect maybe from the network? So, yeah, we're, we're, a growing, we're a growing network. It's a fairly new one. So the Football Supporters Association is quite a new organisation in name. We're, we are a merged organisation from Supporters Direct and the Football Supporters Federation. So Supporters Direct originally looks after Supporters Trust and they're financially regulated uh, groups that work across the uh, England and Wales um, and then the Football Supporters Federation did a lot of like campaigning 20s, 20s, that kind of thing. Both were member organisations and then they merged together. Uh, so when they merged I saw an opportunity to go right we can try to really push on and establish the, the women's network. So when it was the World Cup last year uh, I uh, decided to pitch to try to run a fans embassy across, um, across in France. Uh, traditionally the FSF had run them for 20 years for the men's game but never for the women's game so I was like right got my elbows out decided to go and pitch and luckily they said yes and were really really behind the idea that really for me was the way to sort of see what the appetite was in terms of supporters that were going you know interested in the women's game and going across it really showcased some activity and appetite to start to do something on the national level here since then, since August, when I arrived back, um, we talked to absolutely shed loads of supporters. Since then, we've tried to like encourage supporters groups to grow and um, get on board with the network. So, so there was already some supporters groups set up, um, and it was just a case of like trying to start to encourage them to think about how supporters can be represented on a national level as well. Uh, so realistically, the Women's Network at the minute is brand new. So as I've said to most of the groups, I think you guys included, it's sort of very fluid at the minute. Um, I'm trying to work on three different tracks along with the group. So one is to provide, provide the volunteers that are running these groups the opportunity to upskill, to sort of understand the variety of issues and to network. Um, we want to ensure that from an internal perspective the network is formally constituted as soon as possible so that means that then there would be representation on the national council uh in internally for the fsa 
and then we're we're trying to work with the FA to sort of carve out how voice and supporter representation is being put across on the, on a national level. So that's the kind of women's network and very fluid at the minute. And but I'm really excited because we've got lots of different groups involved. I think we're at twelve now, and um, so it's it's from from none to 12 I'm, I'm really pleased with and it shows an appetite in the women's game definitely definitely before we move on because we asked our members for some questions so we'll move on to those in a minute but let's thinking about more about us so nat and i obviously know the answer to this question what have you had a role in what have you helped the barmy army to do up to now yeah so i think we met last year um in Manchester and uh I just reached out to you guys to sort of say you know hey this is this is the vision that I have what do you think of what do you think of what we're trying to do in terms of a national voice um I think it was a case of like trying to reassure people about who the FSA are we're a not-for-profit organization membership is free and we're just trying to make sure the supporters are represented represented across the board on lots of different issues it's not just a case of being marketed to or being asked whether your pie is cold you can have a say on lots of different things so in terms of you guys I think we sort of had conversations about where you want to go as a supporters group what your aims and missions are and then I never swoop in and try to change anything I just try and offer you different options different ways forwards and then hopefully support on those things and um, we looked at constitution so tried to offer help and support in terms of like formalizing and and tried to speak about how that can help when you go in and talk into clubs um, you know because it because it is a two-way street you know we can't just expect everything from a club and then not have external boxes ourselves to try to professionalize in some sort of way because uh, at the end of the day we're encouraging people to be a critical friend not just typical uh, you know we, we you guys exist because you want to better the, the team and the club so you know it's a case of like how, how best to do that so yeah we we've talked about a few different things haven't we really different options and it's been amazing to sort of see some of the work you've been doing during the pandemic and like the community that you've got and um, you know and it's it's really rewarding for me to sort of see that fan activism it's amazing and um, so yeah we've but it seems like a long time ago since we've <laughs> since yeah. we met um well i hope you don't mind deb i was skeptical i was thinking who, who, who are you? Why do you want to speak to us? Um, like I said, we're, we're a new fan group anyway. So when we came in, people might not have received us the, the right way, but I think you put our mind at ease with that as well. And just like you said, not trying to change anything. No. I think as well, it's like, it's good if people question us like we're, we are a member organization so we exist you know our members are are pivotal to us so it's like anybody that's cautious is is understandable um, but all i can do is try and reach out to as many people as possible and sort of explain what you know what we are trying to do mm. we do have established networks in the, uh, the efl the premier league um, community owned clubs the national league so we cover quite a lot of different bases um, they are more structures and structured and as I said to you in the first meeting it's not like I want to just go right that happens in the men's game so this is definitely going to happen in the women's game and that's the beauty of our network at the minute it's like super collaborative you know everybody's like striving towards the women's game being better and greater and having more supporters so that's the fun thing about it, is this kind of fluid so 
we can sort of decide where it goes but um but yeah i think the skepticism is okay and it's like people can come and ask me questions and i'll try and help as best as possible and there's no pressure like hopefully you guys didn't feel pressured to join in but Absolutely. equally i think you saw, saw my vision mm. uh, you know so yeah deb deb's got a few of the membership questions that i think people have yeah we, 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 we asked we asked our members um if there's anything they wanted to to raise and i think because there was bit of confusion as to who and what the FSA are we might find that some of these questions aren't always relevant but that they're talking points and they're what's affecting the fans so um should we take it in turns Nat yeah like do you want, me, do you want to go first or do the first one okay um right uh we've got no names on these so it's just it's any of our members will there be an opportunity for a couple of representatives from each club to meet with an FA representative so that a fans council that will come together sharing ideas for how to grow and improve the game, improve the women's game in particular. So I love this question. I love it so much because it's part of part of my plan um, and it's part of the network's plan. Um, so basically, at the minute, we are a brand new network. You know, we've not been running for for that long, but we are making waves to try to show that we're we're an active network and then also to try to build relationships with the fa so um the, the plan is to just before covid obviously it was slightly different now with covid because there's pushed back a lot of things back but the plan is to ideally have one or two meetings a year with the fa and uh, supporter reps from our member network um and then have some meetings that are just for supporters reps so that would follow a similar track to what we do in the men's game um just because i do think that's a good good place to start to try to establish those meetings with the fa and it's important that it covers we we contribute to the agenda and we have as much say as they do so it's very much a, a structured dialogue it's not just an fa-led thing um so hopefully the, the topics would be wide um not just necessarily about match day experience but about what's happening with the finances at different clubs um you know how how different clubs are connected to say if they're connected to a men's club like how exactly that looks like what so those kind of conversations those kind of like ownership things as well well as um you know it is important if your pie is cold so don't don't let anybody think that i'm not saying that you know those kind of issues are really important as well so it's just about covering all those different bases but it's to this is totally in the plan um and just just so you know we do meet with the premier league we do meet with the efl the supporters reps do get the chance to go in and meet in the efl it's slightly different because you know there's there's a lot of clubs you know over 70 clubs so um we we help assist pick depending on the different topics that are on the agenda um so that's one of our jobs within the efl the premier league they meet everybody um, because it's it's easier because it's a smaller group um but yeah this is definitely definitely in the plan but it like i say it's, it's all fairly new so we're just you know trying to establish these conversations and also we have to have an established network we have to have enough groups in order mm. to showcase that this is a genuine act the fan activism and um, that's happening which it is i i know it is but we've got to lay the groundwork yeah. i suppose like you said it is it's not just we're part of it, Barmy Army are part of it, but other net, other fan groups, you know, and there's there's plenty out there. When when if say if any of our members go out, encouraging other fan groups to get involved as well is really important. 
I think as well, um, it's really important for people to understand that everybody has to start somewhere. So it's not like you have to have an, a, a group that's got a massive membership and you've got a constitution and you've got accounts and stuff. My, one of my jobs is try, to try to shape how you, where you want to go um, and support where you're, where you're trying to get to. So you could, you could come onto the scene and want to be an atmosphere group. You know, you could, so, so like it's not restricted and it's not like you'll be cut out for every, every sort of fan activism um, project and group is really important. So it's just a case of like, you don't, you could have just started a social media, Twitter handle and Instagram ch channel, other platforms are available. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, that, that can be the start of the supporters group. It doesn't have yeah. to be that you've got this big formal process. So I kind of, in, especially in the women's network, I would really encourage people Hey, don't don't be worried by it if you've got an idea we and now I think the network has been brilliant at this really encouraging people to come forward so yeah um well so, yeah, I've got a second question here it sort of yeah. goes on to what you're saying about atmosphere and I know the person who sent it he knows who it is but anyway um what are the FSA doing to try and grow the game especially say if it comes to fan segregation or dedicated home and away stands across the league. Is it? I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but would that, you know, if, if there are a group, some some supporters of us, and I've spoken to other fan groups, that it's easier if you are all standing together, if you are all sitting together, and it's not that easy to do that in the women's game, especially as it's growing. Um, you might not be able to buy a ticket where the Barmy Army are. So, what do you think about things like that if they did start to appear in the women's game? Yeah, I mean, I it's not necessarily for me to say one way or the other in terms yeah. of approving it or not. It, realistically, it's down to the supporters. Um, I mean, I think it, de it depends as well which side of the fence that you're on, because some people go to the women's game because they can mix and they, they really love that. They really love, you know, being able to talk to lots of different supporters and, and for it to be calmer to some degree. But some people want that what want that feeling of that um divided fan base and stuff so for, from an fsa point of view it's not it's not our core work at the minute to be involved in something like that necessarily that will be down to the individual supporters groups and like if our member network if our members in our network wanted to push conversations on that in terms of the fa in terms of speakers the fa and it was agreed upon by the group then we would go with the majority and we would you know i try and help support that but at the minute the main things that we're focusing on because we're such a brand new network and we're we're, we're so new is like focusing on supporting the supporters to get some sort of structure in their group uh, to start to establish relationships with this, the clubs um to try to upskill people train people that's really where the focus is at the minute because sometimes you can't move on those things if you don't have a coordinated plan in the background because yeah. um, like it's very easy to be like right we, we want to do this we want to do this but you, mm. you need to be able to provide the goods as well uh, you know and there's so much so much there's so many skills within this women's network already so for me it's really exciting it's about how do we all crisscross over but also how do we look at good practice and look at ways in which things have been pushed forward in other areas um, it's an interesting question and it's interesting you know we've, we've spoken about this before um, and I know there is a I know there is separation between different sports groups as to what what's wanted um, so 
going to be interesting to see where it goes, eh? Yeah, for me anyway, I'll let you speak in a bit, Deb, but at a neutral end, a home end, and an away end, perfect. Because that kind of brings us into our the next question. Um, you can tell they've been submitted by the same person, can't you? Um, do you believe that we need to have those rivalries to have the women's game grow, or can the game grow as it currently stands with this this everybody mixing together? Do we need to have separation as we would do in the men's game? In order for it to grow, in my personal opinion, no, I don't. I don't think so because it's it's just different. It's just different, but I can understand why some people might like that. Um, and again, you know, from an FSA perspective, it's kind of like those rivalries will probably grow quite organically anyway. So as the supporter base grows, it kind of it will evolve. So what we see now, it might be different in a year's time because the supporter base might grow. So it, it's kind of we we can't necessarily dictate that. So even if we did do segregation, for example, um, would would that would that look like somebody might think it might look in terms of rivalries and stuff? You know, it's kind of thinking about it that from from that perspective as well. So you know, one thing I really want to get over is that even even with rivalries, one of the one of the good things about this network um, and even in the EFL and the Premier League and the national league is that supporters are working together all the time as well so for me that is the main thing is okay we might have a rivalry on the pitch but like for my work and for our network we need to push those aside and be on board with each other uh, you know and discussing things with each other and stuff because because this is one of the reasons for this network is just like there's a lot of common issues across the game so how how do we best work together but i think does does it need to? I, I'm I'm on the fence, really. Yeah, I think um, rivalries on the pitch, isn't it? And I think we're working with well, I don't they don't mind me saying, but like Liverpool in the group, City are in the group. So I think City are of of a size, you know, a, a big network, big supporters club. So you know, we're moving and we're doing things that are similar. So. Just because we might sing we ain't sitting in Liverpool doesn't mean that we can't then go, like you said, to the boardroom and just, you know, hash things out that benefit both of us. Yeah. Because a strong Liverpool benefits us. You know, it's I love beating them, but I wanna <laughs> see good good um football. Uh, it's this a funny might... position to be in, isn't it? It's a funny position yeah, to be in because yeah. then you do like traditional rivalries like on never dogs and them. You know, so it's like yeah, so but it just I think the person that asked that question is like what what are they thinking when they talk about rivalries? Uh, you know, and and you know, because it might look different. Um so it's yeah, interesting question though, but I think it's all about it organically growing. Yeah. This one um might be more your what you what you know, this definitely is, is an interesting question for me. What are the FSA potentially doing to hold clubs accountable when it comes to football pitches and facilities that are not fit for purpose. That's a really important one, I think, in the women's game because pitches leads to matches postponed, leads to, say, a not a good quality game that we want to see. So how are you maybe trying to help the fans in this way? Or yeah, so th this is an interesting question for me. So just generally speaking, we 
we have gen generic policy around improvement of facilities because it's actually this isn't an issue that just touches the women's game so realistically we would try to sort of tap into some of those existing policies um you know and also like financial solidarity it kind of taps into across the pyramid so it's so whilst we can sometimes get sidetracked by the gloss of the premier league and some of the some of the championship is not necessarily like the rest of the pyramid isn't you know basking in the glory of brilliant grounds and facilities so from a from an fsa perspective in terms of ge generic policy we would probably tap into that a little bit more but again you know and it's some people might want to hit me over the head when i say this again but because we are such a new network it's um hopefully nobody wants to hit me over the head that would be bad um but because it's such a bad it's such a new network it's kind of like our membership our members you guys as network members you get to try to push forward on some policy so if you wanted you if you wanted to do some sort of campaign or um try to push policy that's where that's where you guys sort of start to come in specifically on the women's game but in order to sort of like try to do that we i need to push 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 it internally to get us constituted which is which is what i'm doing and I, i'm i'm super hopeful uh, because they can see the growing network the, the, the current council so they they recognize the work that you guys are doing but yeah it's sort of a funny one that because it actually touches quite a few clubs a few networks um so yeah it's, a, it's about pushing up doing yeah, a we've had a few just moments this year um one at uh, one at home but that was a weather related one and we've had two that were pitch related away and i think the frustration that we've noticed now within the the, the supporters group is the cost that your match ticket well for one we're struggling to get the refund for match tickets anyway from one particular club, but also the travel. So train tickets can't be refunded. We'd already paid for the bus because one got um, cancelled sort of four or five hours before kickoff. We were all on our way. And I think that's a frustration. And I know it's, it's not, obviously it's not unique to the women's game, um, but it, it's just, it feels like it's one more element that could erode a bit of goodwill and it could erode people's belief and support in the game. Um, because yeah you're going to have we're going to be susceptible to the weather and we have we did have times where the, 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 there was a lot of rain falling in a short amount of time but we just noticed the reaction was a bit stronger than i was than i anticipated i just put it down to one of those things you get as, as a football fan but it's not unique to the women's game and actually i think not hearing that actually makes me think mm. This is a point we need to make to everybody. It's not just a case of, oh, if it was the men's team, you'd get your money back. No. Actually, that's just because we're talking Manchester United, but we could be talking other clubs where, or other men's clubs, where that's just not, it's not the case. You're not getting anything back. I think as well on the rail travel, so we've done a lot of work in the, the I, I, I genuinely, I'd love just to say football and it'd be all encompassing, but for the time being, in the men's side, we have been pushing and pushing and having meetings with the rail networks to say, you know, you can't, you know, it's not fair if something gets moved to then not allow a flexible ticket. So 
again, we were waiting for some, some follow-up on that conversation, but this, this would be the purpose. These kind of things would then be in the national network meetings for supporter reps. We would be bringing this sort of stuff up and then they inform the meetings with the FA. So then we can hopefully help push the FA as well. But um, our CEO, Kevin, he, he was in talks with the rail companies and we were progressing in that conversation and that would go for anybody that goes to the men's games as well but yeah. at this moment in time uh, because everything is a bit of a standstill and we're just trying to see what happens um, and nobody can really travel anyway um, yeah. But yeah just just an FYI for you guys that's something that we would be working on um, I think as well one of the things that we, we sort of encourage the EFL to do in one of our structured dialogue meetings with them is um, I can't remember which game it was, but what a game got called off really last minute and it was like really far apart, two, two teams really far apart. Um, they did a promo video about how games get called off. So we could try and push the FA to do something similar in the, the, the women's game so that people actually have an understanding as to how, because sometimes that's a problem. It's like games are called off, but no supporters aren't really told why. They're not really told the steps why. And then everyone's like, on a minute what's happened um so we could we could maybe take that into our ne next network meeting actually to see how how these decisions get made yeah no, i think two things yeah i think things that well i remember when our games got called off i think what supporters get irked about the most is the time if they're told 24 yeah. hours in advance it might be but some some games people have already turned up and are outside the gate waiting to go in and oh no it's cancelled and I think that's what irks a lot of people in that they do think well at least the Premier League they've got the Premier League have to say it by a certain time I think maybe over 24 hours. I think it's interesting because um, in one respect you know I think from a referee's perspective they might be trying to allow enough time to see if it can go ahead so it's sort of it's counterintuitive in one sense because like if people are traveling then you you kind of want to know don't you right and then do something else with your day but um but i do get the gripe we you know and this is a similar issue across the board as well um you know and it can cause a lot of issues too if you've traveled halfway across the country only to find and then you have to travel back in snow or something or terrible rain like from a supporter's perspective it's that bit of communication that would really help you understand um so yeah i but they're just some of the things that we've been working on and this so this is where i want the women's network not just to be oh you're the women's network you're like on your own you you feed in like every other network feeds into the general issues across the game and then hopefully we're pushing from a lot of different bases to say well no you should provide football fans flexible tickets hotels if you if you booked your travel for across the season well if you've got season tickets, if you've got tickets, sorry, you should be able to say. And, and that taps in, I think, just jumping in there with late rearrangements. Mm. I know it's it's not a point that, that anybody's raised here, but we've had games, and everybody, I know this happens, but in the women's game, there seems to be a sense that we can arrange rearrange fixtures with a moment's notice and, oh, it doesn't really matter. I know... Mm from experience in the men's games, well, particularly the premiership, there will, and the TV companies obviously dictate this, there will be a period of time where you will know when that is. And granted, people will have travel booked, but 
we had a cup game against City, another one, an FA Cup game against City that was we knew there was going to be a, it was going to be moved. We knew it was going to be moved. It didn't get announced till late, and we we were aware of people who had flights booked, hotels booked, and again, it's those things that are really avoidable, mm. and really seem to say to the fans, we don't we don't care. You're not that important, and. We've, I think we've spoken to you about it as well. We'd, we'd almost like there to be a, a, a period of two weeks longer, ideally, say you cannot move a game once you're in that two-week window mm-hmm. because you've got people who, if it suddenly becomes a late kickoff on a, on a Sunday, that might impact on people. If they're doing a, a Monday to Friday job, that might impact on people going to work on the Monday morning. Um, there are games where we've had those shifts and it's made it impossible for certain people to get to. We had, I, th- I think we spoke to you um, about the, the, the game last, well, I'll say last season, the first season, um, two seasons ago now, I suppose, against Arsenal now, the Conti Cup, the semi, where we were waiting and waiting and waiting. And all that was happening was the ticket, the train prices were going up and up and up. And there was less and less notice. And in the end, the yeah. people that could go ended up paying a lot more for their train tickets than they would have paid had it been announced when the first sem- the, the other semi-final was announced. So yeah. that's another thing that just, it, you can just see, and the, 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 the sense we're picking up is that the fans- I mean, football doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know I'm not, we're, not, we're not looking to you for, for a fix-it kind of thing, but it's just one more of those things that it gets under people's skin. And what I'd hate to happen is for people to say, oh, well, they'll change fixtures. I don't need to bother going. I'll watch it on the FA player. But that's not what we want. We want people in the grounds because mm-hmm. that's where we make the best atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think on those, this is where, this is where I think the, the value of the network is important because, so you, you're not the only group that have said this to me. And so if we can collectively go and say, hang on a minute, this is, and feed that supporter voice in, then maybe maybe that changes the narrative. I mean, like, I have to manage people's expectations because, and you guys will know this as well, in the sense of sometimes football turns at a very slow pace, but it, I'm really determined to try to make a difference. Um, you know, and the women's game has such an opportunity to get, get their supporter engagement right from the off because some of the clubs in the men's side are not doing that. So we want to try to lead by example but also affect change and make sure that supporters are involved because like why why would a club not want to talk to their main stakeholder so that you know that's what the position that we come in from but yeah i totally hear you there's some really like aggravating things that are happening in the, in the women's game with fixtures and clashes and cancelling um i suppose so the one bonus for clubs at the moment is when we do get back to football they'll have a bit of good they'll have a grace period where we're all just so happy that we don't care what it is <laughs> Whatever time it is, we're going. We're going to wherever we can get back to games. Um, yeah. I think I'm jumping in next. Um, what are the FSA doing when it comes to football clubs? And I think we're talking. This question is aimed from the perspective of men's clubs, but so men's clubs that have a women's team as well. What are you doing about those clubs who may be pulling funding or just underfunding historically their women's teams? Yeah, so th- this is an interesting one for me as well because, like, it depends locally what the. So we we would my natural inclination is we want to help activate and mobilise locally. So it's not necessarily us always leading the voice; it's you guys leading the voice. Um, 
locally so like working i would try and work with individual groups to get a better sense of what's happening or what their perspective is but again like with the um crowd thing the, the, you've got two you've got a split opinion here really so some some people in the women's game believe that women's clubs need to be standalone be sustainable not lean not lean on men's clubs for all this money and all this funding because as we know in history has taught us often the women's club is the first to get chopped even if they're the more successful side of the uh, club so um so you've got those those people and then you've got people who are, say in your position your supporters club where you the the men's team are funding you they have um looked after you and stuff so i think in terms of a network it's it's again we're led by our members so it sort of depends on how you guys want to play it and what you do um you know and almost like some of you will be in the position of a why bite the hand that feeds you so we'd have to get over issues like that um i think with some of the cases this person your members mentioned about liverpool and birmingham um you know there has been a lot of press about these things and sometimes we need to sort of take a stand back and actually sort of understand whether the club might need a little bit of help as well so all the support all the clubs are working in a in a odd environment as well um to some degree so one of the things that the fsa does is club development and i think a lot of the women's clubs would be in line for some of that work to sort of see how they run and have a bit of support um you know um because some of the figures coming out of the women's game are worrying as well like so the, the, the amount of losses and stuff um so i suppose it just depends in this person's mind like what they what they think of the pull it's not as simple as they're pulling funding it might there might be a, a whole level of complexities um in my opinion the women's game should just be completely funded and you know we should see the same levels as the men's but you know it's we know it's not that simple so yeah again it depends on like the membership and the, the network because obviously at the moment covid's going to throw that into even bigger disarray and, and clubs that perhaps didn't have the opportunity to fund their, their women's team as, as well as they would like might have even less opportunity now. And, and that's, that's not through the lack of trying. That's just symptomatic of the situation. And every club will be hit by it in, um, in some respect. You'll yeah. have your bigger clubs who can swallow it to some point, but there are, I'm sure, you, I'm sure you're, you're, you'll know, you're aware, there are clubs that will possibly go to the wall following yeah. this situation so yeah th th that question I guess changes a little bit the sentiment behind it changes a little bit with Covid and the situation that that will bring with it but um, I think as well as this where, where is your touch point so so say if you're a supporter of the Premier League one of the Premier League clubs like is it the championship is, is it when those clubs start to fail because you know we had like a we've had a Berry situation the Berry situation happened so it's like because football really it needs some serious regulation reform in order to try to run more sustainably and stuff which is one of the bigger campaigns that the fsa is working on at the minute but so it's like where's your touch point like where's your red line is it oh, once the championship club goes because they can't sustain anymore which having seen what's happening in covid but like, i don't think we can really fully understand the scale of of what the impacts and you know for a lot of like supporters at lot varying different levels of the game it's it's worrying so um so yeah it's kind of it's interesting to sort of see like where your red line is like all right okay when they go then 
you know, but for a lot of people that was very, uh, so, mm. you know, and, but that's triggered a lot of reviews, but you know, should it be at the sake like that, that should it be at the sake of a club mm. feels uncomfortable, mm. more than uncomfortable. Actually, it was super sad to sort of see how mm. that had happened. It's very close to my heart. They're two miles down the road here and, yeah. and, and I know a lot of their fans and, and, and yeah. even as a casual observer, it, it's still, it cuts very, very deep. Yeah, oh, is it um, this is where fan activism is so important yeah. to try to like push, push through regulation, push through salary caps and things within the within the game overall to try to help affect change and like protect the pyramid that we have. Yeah, so. definitely. And I think I think we've touched on sort of a bit of everything of what you do fan activism. This is what like the FSA is about. If if our fans feel like hurt by things or you know facilities pitches cancelled fixtures then the FSA are there to help us and we're there to help make change and so yeah. there's another thing that really irks our fans more the biggest thing in my opinion because we talked about the cancelled fixtures one referees the standards in the in the um women's game I know the FA have recently come out and said that the standards are improving which I don't doubt they are but mm -hmm. I think they said it was something like 90% success and I will even they can show me the figures <laughs> I'll categorically deny that um, a lot of our players came out after the Reading the Katie Zellum handball and said against the FA and said that there needs to be change Casey Stoney comes out and says it regularly um, is there something that fans can do to improve the, the, the standard or the FSA can help us? Yeah, I think on this one, it's, 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 it's whose responsibility is it really? So um, the, the FA do have a really thorough provision on how to monitor, review and performance review the refs. So it's a case of like what, and the clubs also after every game have the opportunity to add in and say right this is what we think about the rest performance and stuff so you know unfortunately referees whilst I unfortunately referees are in a very difficult position sometimes that, that, that whatever they do you know the good performances aren't talked about it's just the really bad ones like the handballs or whatnot that so so it's sort of a um a difficult opinion and like is that does that affect the game i think the question was about you know um the game not being taken seriously but you know if we look across the the men's game as well there's a lot of complaints about referees too so and it's not i wouldn't say that that should diminish anything to do with the women's game it's just people's views on referees but but the, the fa does have this really quite like thorough process that they they do that the clubs can play into so from a supporter perspective it's is that something how high on the agenda is that like is there other things that you could maybe feed into from a supporters perspective that might actually help the supporters more um but that's not to discount this question because you know like if you're watching and you're thinking oh my goodness although my one thing is 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 if you've not done a referees course go and do one because it's so hard it is so so hard to to make th those second decisions are 
incredibly difficult so I, th I think you're right referees do have an almost an impossible task I, I often ask myself the question who'd want to be I think they're a bit like goalkeepers when they do their job the way they should no one talks about them when they make a mistake then it's highlighted but I think the thing one of the reasons why the, the, the having an impact women's game not being taken seriously is after that that the handball that wasn't after the Reading game I think on the Monday morning I was looking through the BBC Sports webpage and they had a lot of weekend sport moments just highlights stories and there were some video clips and it was the only women's football clip was look at this appalling decision yeah. and yeah I was there I saw it and I couldn't believe it people are watching it and then there's comments on it and obviously the comments you get in your sexist comments that you'll, you'll get with anything unfortunately but if people think that's acceptable and that's standard and that's the moment that's being highlighted it's yeah. a shame that we forget the 89 minutes around it where actually there were it wasn't the, the, the best of games but Come on, we had a penalty save, so thank you very much. That gets forgotten about. We scored a decent goal. So there are bits that get forgotten because that's the bit you highlight. And I know that we've got VAR now, so to an extent in the men's game, that won't happen. You'll have the questions after it. But my concern when I see those moments and they're highlighted is people think, oh, well, they're not they haven't got good refs. It doesn't really matter. And I hate that for the women's game. Because yeah. I want it to be held to the same account mm. as the men's game. Because the, the players deserve it. They don't put in any less effort. They no. deserve better. And we saw our players after that game and how devastated they were. And to know that that was so avoidable, it hurt us. Yeah. It really hurt us. And, and I'd hate for the game to be ridiculed, not taken seriously, not given the opportunity. Because it's not a great look for funders and sponsors. So no, I, I do. I appreciate that point. I appreciate the point on the sense that if you know, and this is where the media really have to step up and sort of do, you know, do a whole range of coverage, and it's not just one story. But I think that that is happening. You know, the, the likes of Susie Rack, Jen O'Neill, always worked tirelessly in the game, and um, Katie White, like all these people, are starting to, you know, give more exposure to the women's game, which is awesome. But I, I do appreciate that point. I do think it's a little bit of both, though. It's kind of like so in the EFR, I know they've run um, referee, like um, referee sort of not webinars, but um, evenings just to sort of like for the refs to say, hey, right, okay, this is it from our perspective, or they talk through certain things. And, you know, because so, like everybody has a responsibility, just it's very easy to be like, oh, I would, I would have done that decision, and, you know. So like I, I sort of see that um, side of it as well, um, you know, and it is a ridiculously hard job to do. However, we do want, it's never to say that you wouldn't want a higher standard of refereeing or you want that to happen and grow in the women's game. It's, it's like the players, you want them to be more technically gifted. You, you want them to strive to be better. So I think, I don't see why we wouldn't include the referees with that. But in terms of what a supporter does on it, what's the best way so you as a group might decide to uh, support go and approach the club and sort of say like right how could we help support development or how can we understand better like how refs are picked or whatever the question is or whatever your members might think they, they they'd quite like to know um you know but again it's like we've got to manage our expectations as well so um 
so yeah but i do appreciate the point on like you don't want it to be down like ridiculed and be the only image because actually 89 89 minutes is great so yeah shouldn't be reflective that shouldn't be the the reflection from the women's game for sure yeah definitely (laughs) i got the last question i think and we're going to try and end on a positive note because we're thinking about when we can finally get back to games when we are allowed back into grounds and i know there's a whole load of questions about when we can't answer those um we can't answer whether it's going to be just home fans do you believe or do you understand that there may be some restrictions on facilities and and in particular i'll give you the example they won't thank me i won't name them but the question came from a from a woman who said if i can't go to the toilet i can't go to the game and actually got me thinking we're going to have young children that come to games you can't say to them you can't go to the toilet for from the amount of time it takes you to leave your house what to get to the ground to watch the game to go home any obviously people are asking about food and drink as well any indication whether that's something that we would be able to to do or is it you walk into the ground you watch the game you go home again i i i would think that there would be provision but again we we've got there's no there's nothing that's been said necessarily at the minute because i think they were so focused sadly not with the the women's game are looking to the following season but in, on the men's side they're just looking to get the games played right you know and not and having them behind closed doors so I think realistically it would be we would have to follow any government guidance and then DCMS the DCMS would um, submit a report um, or release a report that would say right this is the provisions that you would have to do whether it's limited in numbers as well and this is where the women's game is interesting because is it, it would the women's game be allowed supporters in the ground quicker because because it's less numbers in which case then but then you, i would assume at this current moment but it's changing day to day you would have to have provisions in place and um, you know and it's even for what happens with the fans that still need to shield or the the more vulnerable fans and there's, there's so much that they would have to consider um but equally the women's game along with the many many other clubs um, in the EFL and the National League community owned clubs, they rely on that yeah. money. Um, so you know, I think there would be a will to try to get it, get things back, um, where fans could actually go. Um, but we we've been asked to be involved in like consultation around this um, across the board. So on Project Restart, we've been asked. So you know, it's not happened yet, but like fans hope we will be pushing for the fans voice to be heard in any of those talks um because it's, it's super important that we we get to have a say as well seeing as they're talking about us going back into the stadium so yeah but like you know it, it's hard but as a, safety is what matters first and foremost right so that i would imagine that there would be restrictions or provisions put in place to try to limit um so yeah, yeah. So, but it's day by day it changes and so that's why it's hard to get it's hard to give an answer to that but i appreciate the person that asked it and i really appreciate all these questions by the way they're amazing it's good to talk through so um thanks to your members for submitting them yeah it's, it's member-led so we'll submit you, you submit a question we'll ask it um but deb i don't want to stick it on your toes one last question that i came up with in my head there's a move now to get the women's game more professional get it on telly get it in the papers get it um like the men's game say get it on sky get it on bt 
do you think that we would be uh, still involved, say? Still involved, still, still, or do you think they'll just do to us? If you understand what I mean? I, yeah, yeah I understand what you mean. So, yeah. No, I hope we will be involved, but again, this is a case of pushing to be part of the conversations, pushing, you know, and I know that the Premier League, have, uh, some of the reps um, have had some communications with Sky and BT in the past, so you know, we would, put, we would potentially look to sort of talk to them as a network. Um, but ideally, we want to be involved in any anything that can affect supporters um, and also help, you know, in terms of um, helping be, you know, a, a sort of pivot point for other groups, you know, doing educational pieces, working with the community. There's lots of different ways a supporters group can get involved in things. So ideally, we want to be involved in everything the method of doing that sometimes we can be blocked but if one way doesn't work then we'll try and find another way and we'll keep pushing and we'll keep growing and the the, the main thing about this is the, the bigger our network the the more people that are working together and actually saying hey we're a network hey we're doing this hey we're doing that and we can showcase all this great work that you're doing and we're doing as a group the, the better it is the, the louder the voice is hard to start to ignore and I think even I think at the start of it when we had five you know groups it was hard to to ignore so the FA were communicating with us when we were five so imagine if we're 30 um so excited to keep growing yeah it's all the pyramid it's all the women's pyramid isn't it it's not just yeah. about WSL or even if the TV deals with the WSL, how does that then affect the National League, I suppose? How does a TV yeah. deal affect all tiers of football? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We're done then, Nat. Anything yeah. else you want to throw at Deb? No, just make sure 5th of September we're all together. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever want no pressure. a fan to be your guinea pig, <laughs> please take yes. that. Please. Yes. <laughs> I think obviously we're all just very keen and, and our members are, are saying the same thing when I know nobody knows the answer and, and we've got Premier League back now so that feels like a forward step but it's not in terms of getting the fans back and just so many questions and, and no sight of any answers but uh, yeah we we seem to think that 5th 6th of September is the start of the season so uh, Nat's already put it in her diary because that's when she's going to a game according to her aren't you Nat? <laughs> yeah <laughs> um Deb thank you so much for joining us um I know that when Nat and I first met you we were we weren't sure we were a little bit skeptical we've said we, we were a bit dubious we weren't sure it came to a difficult time for us as well and I think we were expecting a bit of flack over over situations and actually we both came away from that meeting thinking this is brilliant we've got to be a part of this we've got to be on board and I think ever since Nat's been really influential in terms of trying to get talking to other other supporters groups and as much as we keep our rivalries I think we're, we're working together off the pitch but um no we're working yeah working together off the pitch but but we're, we're rivals on it so um I think that's the way we try to do it. but Thank you so much for joining us and thank you for answering some of these questions. Um, I, I would, I'd love to do one of these again in the near future. Um, I'm sure there'll be a whole load of other questions. And also if people have got more of an idea of who and what the FSA do, then, then definitely there might be a, a whole different set of questions. But thank you so much for joining us, Nat. No.
thank you for joining us and um yeah thank you to anybody who's watched this and uh, we'll see you again soon thanks thanks guys <laughs>